Good evening, good morning, good afternoon, and welcome to the latest episode of Biblical Escapes and Discussion. Today, I've got the great pleasure of being joined by Glasgow-based photographer Sam Ryan. Good morning, Sam. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me on this beautiful sunny morning in autumn in Glasgow when the sun is shining. It doesn't happen very often at this time of year, but it certainly makes a big difference from the rain that we normally are, are blessed with. So before we get, obviously, into talking about your book, uh, Chasing Shadows, it would be great if you could give everyone a brief introduction to your photographic background, Sam. Sure. Um, so my background is I'm self-taught, I guess, from years of messing around um, yep. with different cameras. <laughs> <laughs> um, I've probably got into it more seriously, uh, I guess, a bit later in life um, yep. I'm, not, I'm not spring chicken anymore but <laughs> probably if I look back um, photography has always been something that's been around I, I think my my earliest memories I think in my childhood were my of my grandparents uh, and lots of photo albums in their house um, my my papa or grandpa as some people might call it um always had a camera every single day trip or a occasion or anything at all uh, and and he and my gran went lots of holidays uh, and he always had a camera and he would make photo albums of the holiday or whatever it was and he would write all these little captions underneath you know yeah. um it it, sometimes it would be funny, sometimes it would be, you know, here's where we were this day and this is what, what happened. And But I used to always ask to see them when I was over. I would always be like, can you get the photo albums <laughs> out so I can have a look? And I remember hours of doing that when I was younger. Uh, and he always had a pretty good camera. He would always buy a reasonably top-of-the-range compact yep. camera and then I would inherit the old one when he got the new one so uh so i kind of mess around um with film cameras as a, a kid um and then i think i, I lost my way for a, a long time i didn't look at it for a long time and then eventually when the digital slr revolution happened i, yep. I got hold of one of those um tried tried out different things tried out different styles um spent a long time trying to copy what other people were doing to try and learn how yep. to do things um uh, and just eventually somehow settled on street photography and music photography as the the things that I really wanted to do um, yeah. and I see them as really really similar things actually yep. um which I'm I'm sure we'll talk about some more um, but yeah, it's probably taken me to the last, I don't know, five or six years to really settle on those as the things that I'm interested in. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think it takes time for everyone. It, certainly from my perspective, I don't shoot any, basically anything that moves. I don't shoot people, sports, whatever. My my interest is purely landscape, really, and a lot of that is just my love for being outdoors. And um, But at the same time, yeah, it's like I've, I've had a good look through all of your work and your, your music photography in particular, the black and white, it's just so, so effective and absolutely stunning so i do hope that you bring out a book out of your black and white of your music photography as well um but obviously yeah so chasing shadows where yeah. where did the idea for that book come from so chasing shadows was uh, about a lot of different things for me um the first thing was about i wanted to do a project where i was going to have a body of work yep at, at the end of it um 
at the time I needed something that I could fit in amongst my day job. Um, I have quite a demanding day job as well. Yeah. Um, and there was a the whole thing about, you know, how am I going to find time to do this? And I wanted something that I could do on the way to and from work or during my lunch or whatever yeah. that I wasn't going to have to carve out huge chunks of my calendar to to do because just practically that that was the way life was yeah um but there was a thing about I think there was a strange thing about how I was feeling at the time that there's a quote from the bell jar uh Sylvia Plath's bell jar at the the beginning of the the book yeah and and I think um I was kind of manifesting some of the themes that were in the book about about feeling kind of trapped in a in a system and in the commute and Yes. and all of that and I had been doing the same commute for a long time it was you know <laughs> the same streets every day all that but um but I started to notice that once you've been doing that for years you realize these streets you're walking down every day they change with the seasons yeah. and they look and feel completely different at different times of year um and and this is Glasgow city centre I'm talking about um and that uh feels especially different as the seasons change like the the winter can be brutal in the yeah, west of scotland sure. <laughs> um and the summer can be amazing and the, the city completely changes depending yeah. on, on the time of year so I, I noticed that um you know walking down these different streets in the morning just the the light and everything was a completely different experience in spring from in the dead of winter um and it was actually through looking back over photographs that i'd sort of done over time i thought there's something here about how i've started going for these really contrasty black and white you know uh strong shadows uh, and strong light um but you could only get it at certain times you know whether that be certain times a day or or certain times a year you could come back another time and it yeah. would be completely different, which I discovered actually through trying to go back to different spots, yeah. even at the same time of day. Yeah, it just didn't look the same anymore. The the light was completely different, and I thought, well, this um, has suddenly added a huge amount of interest to walking to and from work every yeah. day. <laughs> um, but it also it, it helps me with you know this was the mundanity of a commute that I was facing every day. Yep. Um. And so it kind of helped with, you know, what's this going to feel like? What's it going to look like? You know, am I going to um, get sufficiently distracted on the way to yeah. work, you know, uh, and get some good shots? So I spent about a year doing it, um, taking the shots. I probably had hundreds of, of shots by the time I, I got yep. to the point. And I could honestly have kept going, but I thought... That's enough of the of the one style, right? Of, yeah. of thing. Um, it's time to move on. So, um, so I sort of called time on it after about twelve months, and then decided I was going to put a little book together. Yeah. But it's also a it's a record of the process as well. Absolutely. A lot of what I do in photography is about the act of doing it rather than what the outcome is. Sometimes, yes. yeah. Um, it, it's a bit. Street photography and the music photography as well, they're both uh, an adrenaline sport for me. It's its all done spontaneously and candidly. I don't, even in the street, I don't really like camp out in a spot nope. to, to wait for a photograph. Only occasionally uh, yep. I'll do that. It's a kind of see something, press the button, move on yeah. sort of thing. Um, 
so yeah, so I, I was kind of keen to go through that process and uh, and experience what it was like to put the book yeah, together absolutely. and put it out. This is my first one, um, so I was keen to get that experience under my belt as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's interesting how you talk about yeah the the changing the changing shadows because every day, as you say, depending on which way the sun sun's coming from, it will change. Like you, I walk to work. I have done for now twenty odd years, um, but I I I now find myself actually I walk slightly different routes up different streets, maybe in the morning down different down different streets to go back home at night, and it just varies up and it just keeps a bit of interest in terms of seeing what's happening in different different parts you maybe don't walk up a particular street for a few months if they're doing some works and all of a sudden when you come down it it's it's, it's totally changed um but i love i love the boldness of of the, the light and the contrast in, in your shots and when you're coming through down i i, I can recognize a lot of the or certainly a number of the spots anyway and yeah it's just the beautiful bold stripes of the light that are just coming down through between the buildings or between alleyways or just down under an arch um, and i wonder did you did you ever think or plan particular shots having been to a location thinking right okay this would make a really good shot if the light was coming around at this particular time i'll need to come back here in say two months time to see if 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 it's producing the the shot that I think it is, yeah, I think that there were a couple of spots, uh, you know, like the city chambers with the big yes. arts, where I knew if I got the light right, that would be amazing, and there would be this huge patch of light yep. underneath. Um, and so that became a spot where I did go back and back and back and back. And I, and I was trying in the morning, I was trying at lunchtime, I was trying at night. Uh, and eventually, I can't remember what time of year it was now, but I, I had a run of days where actually every time I went there, it was it was pretty, pretty good. good. Uh, and actually the, the picture that's in the book, that was actually a, a lunchtime, right, yep. um, which is not what you would expect. But And that was also something else that I learned that I didn't know before is that a lot of people avoid the lunchtime sort of light, the midday light. Yep. Um, but more towards autumn and the winter, you can get those really harsh kind of shadows because the sun stays quite low in this yeah. part of the world. Um, and I didn't know I was going to get really, really great stuff in the middle of the day, but that sort of became my favourite, actually, was going out yeah. at lunchtime um, and getting that. And it's funny because like, everybody's walking around completely blinded by the sun, you know, getting frustrated. And I'm going, oh, that's a really good spot over there. Yeah. I'm going to go <laughs> have a look over there. So uh, so the way I think that was the, the main one. I think Mitchell Lane was probably the other um because the there's a point in the spring just after the clocks change where the sun goes directly down oh. that alley and it's really narrow as yeah. as you'll know um and most of the time it's really dark in that alley but just at that particular point for a week or two after the change of clocks it's so bright down there it is absolutely <laughs> blinding walking down there and then it goes away for the rest of the the year yeah. and that's where you get those really stripy shadows um yeah. so i wanted to get that then because i knew you know, it would be a year before <laughs> yeah. you would ever see that again so yeah. yeah those were probably my favorite two spots i think yeah yeah i think it's interesting as you say it makes you look and think differently about the daily commute and it takes your mind away from what would otherwise be probably focused on your work you're actually focused on a different type of work which is right okay how am i trying to maximize where where are the, where are the shots 
where the shot's coming from. And as you say, it's like if you miss that shot, then your project all of a sudden goes from a year to two years because you you, you know deep down that you need to have one of those shots in, in the book. Um, and and when it came to the curation process, how 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 did you find that? Because as as you say, you must have taken hundreds of shots from so many different locations over the city set over the city center. Yeah, you would have obviously had your favorite ones that you were probably hopeful of getting in to the book. But how, how did how did you decide where to start from that? Um, so I, I did. There was a couple of different steps to what I did. The the first thing I, I did was curate everything that was on that theme that I that I liked into yep. a collection um, and, and through the joy of technology you can sync all this up on Lightroom with your phone and, and yep. all of that so I had I created this collection called Chasing Shadows uh, which meant I could look at it on my phone and I spent yep. a lot of time just walking around looking at it sitting around looking at it <laughs> um, and wheezing photos out over yep. time and, and you know and because I, I had it on my phone I could sit on the train yep. you know uh, and just go through it and, and make some decisions so that the first stage of whittling down was just that was just kind of living with it for a while and just keeping going back to it yep. and and that was quite it was just instinctively I was just picking things and going you know that one needs to go that one needs to to stay um and that wasn't too difficult actually that stage get you know get getting yeah. it down to like a reasonable number um and then it was about three months of going back and forth uh, on the computer with the the design um i i didn't do anything fancy on indesign or anything like that because i'm i'm not skilled enough to do that <laughs> yet I, yeah. i'm hoping to learn yep um but i but i put it together um using the the software uh, and I used to every Friday night. Um, it was my thing. I would sit down with a whiskey and a design <laughs> for the the book, uh, and just keep rearranging, keep going through, trying different flows, different orders, uh, and I just eventually just hit that point where I thought, "Yep, that's it done. That's it ready to go." Um, and I think also when it's the first one you've done. You, you kind of want to get it out there. You can pour over these things forever um, and you can get analysis paralysis, as they say. Yeah. So um, so I didn't want to spend a massive amount of time doing that. And that felt like enough after, a, you know, two to three months of, of doing that. And then it, then it was out in the world yeah. after that. Well, that, that's as you say. You can you can spend as as long as you want, just going over it and over it and over it again. But at some point, you kind of need to draw a line and say, actually, I'm happy and I'm comfortable with what I've got here. And um, I'm sure anyone who's who's published a book or zine or anything would probably say, yeah, there's probably something they would change in the order or a different image they would put in or take out or or do whatever afterwards. But it's it, it captures a, a period of period of time and and you you you've got to draw a line at some point. But I think the book, I think the selection of images you've got is is really nice and, and it really represents the project that you've described and talked about. And it must be incredibly satisfying to see all your work from this project idea you had in mind now now in the printed form mm -hmm. uh, it is and I think printing is so important yeah um uh, and that was another thing it, it took me too long in life I think to 
remember that again from when yeah. I was a kid when I liked looking yep. at the albums. Uh, again, I didn't really start printing any of my work until a, a few years ago, but it's so important because it's not the same as looking on the screen, especially now everybody looks on little screens, you know, on, yeah. on phones. Um, and I discovered not so much with my street photography, but with my live music photography, um, I have a style where there is a lot going on in the frame, uh, and yep. you can you really appreciate it um, from a, a small screen. Yeah. So so yeah, so it felt really really good just to have something in my hand that was a real thing, um, and to appreciate that difference between the screen and the and the printed page or the printed image as well it's it's a different experience everybody should do it you should print your work for sure I, ab- uh, absolutely and I, I think you begin to see things in the photograph when it's been printed out that you don't see when it when it's when it's on the screen and I think yeah. for me and I know for a lot of people it's kind of like the finishing point in a, of an image once it's printed out and you're happy with it at that point then to me that's the time that you then you then share it online I've printed out many images where I've thought, yeah, it looks great on screen and you print out and you immediately notice something on the print that doesn't look right. And then when you go and look at it on screen, it just jumps out at you as, as to the reason why it's not. Um, and it is, it's wonderful. And for, for me, I got into making the handmade books so that instead of having just boxes of prints, I could actually just bind them together very loosely and enjoy then looking through looking through work, looking through little bodies and little projects um, that you you kind of create of images that all sit nicely together, mm. and 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 is it giving you as as publishing uh, chasing shadows giving you a bit of a a a, a feel and a bit of a buzz for maybe doing something an, another book maybe perhaps with some of your music photography or a different style of street photography. I think I would definitely like to do another one. I don't know if I would do a book the next time. Yep. I might do might do a zine. Yes. Yeah. The next time. Um. It's a bit more accessible, probably yeah. a bit more cost effective as well. It's yep. very expensive to do books. Yeah. Um, for my music photography, I would really like to show it somewhere. Yes. Um, because I think there's a couple of shots in particular that need to be printed big, yeah. in my opinion, <laughs> to really be fully appreciated. Um, in terms of everything that's that's going on in the the shot. Um, so that's probably the the ideal format for that um i thought interestingly about doing chasing shadows uh, in color right as a yep. as another thing um i discovered during the pandemic i don't know why i started doing a lot more color images right. i don't know if that was the sort of you know the antidote to how everybody yep. was feeling yeah, during possibly. the pandemic yeah. uh, i don't know but uh I did a little bit of that. I've kind of paused it. I'm not really sure um, about that one. But I think, uh, as I say, definitely a zine, I think, is a good option. Um, I'm doing a couple of projects that are long-term. Okay. That will be finished when they're finished kind of thing. Yeah. Um, But at the the same time, I think they'll they'll probably be a small collection at the end. So... uh, I think I'd maybe do a couple of couple of zines, yeah, perhaps at the end of those. that. But uh, but I, I won't say yet what the projects are no, because oh no. 
uh, it's better for it to be a surprise. Well, yeah. that that's and as you say, with with, with it being never ending, and it'll end when it'll end. All that happens yep. is people then say, "When's it coming? When's it coming? When's it coming?" Because yep. they they know or they want, and they're they're always interested to see. But yeah, I, looking looking at your work for your music photography, how how is the experience of doing that? Because obviously, I, sus- I suspect you're probably working under very tight conditions, very tight short time scales and as you say everything's very fluid and you don't really know how things are going to work for that period of time yeah music photography is awesome uh, and bonkers yeah all at this the same time um it's for me it's a as you say you're, you're working under very difficult circumstances it's loud it's dark um you might not really have any space to move in uh the bands that i shoot are all metal bands so there's usually like you know crowd surfers and whatever (laughs) coming over the barrier behind you uh and it tends to be the three songs and then and then you're out so you don't have a lot of time to get it right either um Now it works for me because because of the way that that I work. I, I don't um, spend a lot of time overthinking what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I kind of shoot quite instinctively. So the the time pressure, I don't find it too bad. But what you do get, or what I get, is this huge rush of adrenaline, yeah. and it's a bit like you don't remember it afterwards. It's a bit yes. odd. Like you can yeah. you come out of the pit and go, I don't know what just happened. I just know I've got all these pictures to go and edit now. Um and I, and it's funny, I, I even get the crash afterwards as well. That like when the adrenaline wears, wears off. off. Yeah. Um I, I get this real crash afterwards where I just feel completely done in as if like I've got a hangover or something. <laughs> um but I I love it and I always run home, edit all the photos straight away um and I, I don't like to sit on those too long I, I like to edit them while I can still feel like the euphoria of the yes. yeah the gig um and it's all again about the process of doing it and being caught up in the the moment and the way that I try to do it is I'm not taking portraits of people on stage. I'm trying to show you the chaos of the show and all the things that happened yep. during the, the show. Um, so uh, if you've looked at uh, my photos, you'll see they can be quite busy. They can be quite a lot going on. They're not necessarily sharp or in yep. focus all of the time, but it's not really... About, about that, that I'm, I'm trying to get you to feel like what it was like to be there so yes. uh, and you can't always see things clearly at a concert or no. figure out what's going on or you know so yeah uh, that's how i approach that yeah there's there's always so much going on at gigs um, particularly if you're standing further back everything's not necessarily clear you can barely see the stage sometimes with all the bright lights shining and the strobe yeah. shines straight at you so but it, it works they work so well black and white and do you do any color photography for your music never yeah. for music never for music never never no uh, I, I experimented with it early on and and just thought no this isn't for me i think it comes from uh, I think uh, so. I grew up in the grunge era. I'm right. A, I'm a child of the '90s, and uh, I think what sticks in my head all the time about music photography is those images from then, which would have been shot on film in probably small 
clubs, um, you know, and they're all really grainy, yes. um, really chaotic, um, because that was what that music scene was like. And I've always been drawn to that style. Yep. Um, and that's what just, you know, brings me back to, to shooting that way. And I think black and white, I don't know what it is about black and white. I think it just makes you focus more on what is going on. In the shot, whereas with the lights, obviously things can be crazy colours. And, and I think if you think about what the lighting designer is doing, he's designing that to make it look amazing to someone who's in the audience experience in the show. Yep. They're not designing it for photographers. No. Um, <laughs> and so, you know, the lights can be really bright red or really bright blue. Um they maybe look great when you're there at the show, but they don't necessarily look great in a picture. Yeah. Um. So I so I feel the contrast of the black and white is more effective, I think, to show you what was happening. Yeah. At the time. Yeah, absolutely. And and have you tried some of your chasing shadows in color? I have done a few. Yeah. I've done a few. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, not I, as much of that, but yeah. I've done a little bit. I might and, go back to it. Yeah, and how 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 did you find it? Because as you say, you, you talked earlier about the real striking contrast which you get with the black and white. I'd be interested mm -hmm. to to know, I suppose, how how well you think that translates into color as well. Does it detract mm -hmm. slightly from it? Yeah, I think um, it's definitely a more a uh, low contrast thing <laughs> when yeah. you do it in color, uh, and obviously you have to pay attention to. What all the colours are yep. in the frame, um, and how that contributes to the frame, and I think um, I'm not sure yet if I'm doing it as a learning exercise or if I'm doing it as a thing that will become something. You yep. know, uh, you know, again, not to labour the point, but a, a lot of it is about the process yeah. for me and what it feels like at the time to do it. Um, so I, I take a lot of pictures even just as notes or just to try something and I don't necessarily yeah. go it. back to them yeah although I've started putting one or two of those on Instagram um just because I think it's just fun just to share yeah a little bit of that uh you know behind the scenes as it were you know here's what I'm thinking absolutely when yeah. I'm doing this yeah it's, it's, it's like a digital a digital notebook of sorts as well which yeah just allows people to allows you to, I suppose, share your thought process and, and, and how you're doing it. And now you're continuing to shoot during your lunch break and or have you have you kind of have you progressed on from that and now maybe focusing on something else? So I'm in an interesting place with photography right. <laughs> right now. Um so post pandemic I work at home all yep. of the time. Right. Now um I, I'm hardly ever in the city now uh yeah. and that has upended everything <laughs> for me <laughs> uh, along with there not having been any gigs really for the last yes. two years as well yeah. um although i hope that will pick up as we get into gig season you know I the winter so. is, yeah. is gig season so yeah. hopefully that'll pick up but um I, i've just been trying to find my way i would say the, yeah. the last little while because i'm in different places uh, my day to day is completely different as well. Yeah. With working at home, and I, I'm, I think I'm still in the trying to work through that phase. Um, yep. I've not really settled on how to do it or how yep. to fit it in, right? You know, but I'll, 
I'll, I'll get there. There's no pressure, no. Or, you know, for for any reason, time or anything else to try and figure something out. And I, I don't really believe in forcing yourself to no. do It'll come naturally. photography either if you don't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm hoping that I'll just. I'll keep taking pictures and I'll hit on something. Uh, I hope that's it. I'm sure that I'm sure there's plenty. I'm sure there's a lot of people out there who maybe start went into the pandemic doing particular style of work and now have will come out of the pandemic doing something probably quite differently or a different focus, a different approach. I think a lot of people certainly have seen a lot of zines published, which really focus on people's roots, their walk what the their immediate vicinity um, and I think people are now exploring maybe more what's in their backyard as opposed to traveling left right and center all over the place so I'm mm. sure I'm sure you'll find uh, your, your route and your path and as you say with dig season coming up quite shortly I would imagine uh, people are, people and bands are probably quite keen to get back on the road again and hopefully that will pick up for you I just I'm very curious who is who are your favorite bands to photograph or or have there been any memorable gigs that you photographed um they've all been memorable in their own ways way, uh, yes. i think so so my favorite band the band i've shot the most is a band called zeal and ardor right um who are a, a, a swiss a metal band okay. with a twist uh they, they won't be everybody's cup of tea but do do feel free to yeah. check them out uh, they just have such an amazing stage presence yeah um that uh and they're quite a big band there's six people in the, okay. the band um they always have a fantastic lights in terms of the very directional spotlights that okay. let you get um you know really contrasty shots um there's some amazing hair in the the All band right. as well right so with the the head banging right you get yeah. lots of very chaotic yeah. hair flying everywhere but they but they never stop moving yeah. um uh, and they're very their music's very very danceable so uh, the atmosphere at one of their shows is always very you know everybody's going crazy yeah. and, uh, and everybody's, lively yeah lots of jumping around um so i i love photographing them and i've photographed them quite a lot so i've got to know um, this is the songs where they're going to go crazy this is the part yeah. of the song where they're, they're going to go crazy i've always enjoyed that um the craziest gig i've shot was a really small gig uh, at the dry gate brewery. oh right yep um the band's called bleeds from within right. uh they're a glaswegian metal okay. band uh, and they were playing a really small show to launch uh ipa that they had done with the Dry brewery, brewery. Yeah, cool. so i think there was maybe 200 people there or, or something like that uh because they'd hired it as like a private thing there was no security <laughs> <laughs> um and the place just went completely insane the photo pit was tiny i mean i'm a small person and i struggled to turn around in this right. photo pit but there was lots of crowd surfing and and chaos anyway but no security to handle it so it was just <laughs> it was a complete mess so that night i 
ripped my jeans. Uh, I lost my lens cap. It rolled away under the stage and I had to crawl under the stage <laughs> to get it. Um, the, the bands were hilarious because they were playing to, it was like their family and friends almost that had yep. mainly yeah. come along. So they were very casual, you know. Um, so I'm at the side of the stage taking a picture and they're going, oh, hi, Sam, how you doing? <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, the whole thing was just bizarre um but there was a there's a guy there's a well-known guy um who's on instagram uh, as petrol right he's a, he's, a, he's a big big guy he does work security at concerts he was there to see the show and he ended up stepping in to sort of help out um people with yeah, yeah. um because it, it was getting really really uh, messy with all the, the crowd suffering but it was just carnage from start <laughs> to finish um uh, and most of my photos were sort of like really grainy you know blurry uh, there's some action going on and they're not entirely sure what it is um yeah it was it was just nuts uh, and my camera uh broke in the middle of it as well my camera overheated um and just decided not to work enough was anymore. enough uh, it wasn't going to do it. So, but luckily, I had my little, um, my little Fujifilm X100F. I had that with me, just in case. Um, yeah. So I just switched to that um, and just carried on shooting. shooting. Yeah. <laughs> so it, I won't forget that night in a hurry. Yeah. Well, that's it. And I think these things are always very memorable, and it's it's always an experience. If if even even if it's not your average gig with as you say, no security, you all still, you still always learn from it and still always develop and, and improve from it. I think it's, it's always an ongoing process, but yeah, that sounds quite, quite incredible. And at a brewery as well, so I can imagine drink influenced. Absolutely. To, to, to quite an extreme <laughs> level probably as well. So yeah, so I, I must say, I look forward to following your, 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 your work and particularly the music photography because I think it's fascinating. And as you say, some of those, some of your shots would look absolutely stunning and huge, nice, nice big gold uh, black mm. and white prints as well. But obviously back to photo books, um, as you know, it's, uh, it's the podcast it's all about books. I'm always very interested to know uh, some favorite books from, from other people's own collections um, and where the ideas come from. I think people sometimes select books that there was the first photography book they picked up when they were a teenager or or, or something. It can just be a, a style of photography that they've been influenced by. So I'm interested to for you to share maybe a selection of, of some of your favourite books. Sure. So the first one I picked uh, is not actually a photo book. Okay, uh, it's, cool. it's writing about photos. Right. Um, so it's uh, Bill J uh, and... I actually can't remember the name of it properly. I think it's the best of end notes, which he wrote for Lensworks magazine. Yeah. Um, and they put together, I think it was after he passed away, they put a collection of um all of the sort of best ones he'd written. And this yes. was like a ah. it was like a short format writing. Um I think he sort of invented Twitter actually before Twitter was a, a thing. He wrote a lot of very short quips yep. just to put in the, at the end of the magazine. Um, so they collected them all together and put them out and you can buy it on Kindle and all that good stuff. Um, but when I read that, now I don't know about you, but I, I've read a lot of very pretentious uh, gatekeeping style uh, writing about photography. Yeah. Picked up a lot of photography books uh, that are written books and, and put them down again for that reason. But this one... Uh, it was the first time I'd come across someone who both took photography really 
really seriously, but also pokes fun at the whole thing as yep. well. Um, and I think he understood that we shouldn't get too precious about yeah. photography. There's, you know, that's not really healthy for anybody yeah. <laughs> to do that. <laughs> um, and he was just, he was keen to, you know, point out a lot of the ridiculousness that goes on and a lot of the crazy ideas that people have. And yeah. although I didn't agree with all of his opinions, I thought that this is great that there's someone who's willing to criticise um, and call out some of the nonsense yeah, um, that, goes that goes on in the, the art world. So uh, so I really enjoyed that. And I do go back to it. I've got lots of highlights in it yeah. and I, I sort of go back to it sometimes just to like remind myself, cool. don't take it all too seriously. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's it. It's always a good reminder for everyone once in a while and a bit of a just a yeah, reality check when you've maybe read something and you can just yeah, ground yourself and realize that actually it's you don't need to pay attention to everything that you read. Yep, absolutely. Excellent. Um, what else do I have here? So, I know uh, podcast listeners won't see this, but I'll show you on the camera. I have this book by oh. John Bolton called Love Story. Mm. Um, and if I show, uh, I would describe the genius of the cover for those yep. who can't yeah. see it. So the, the cover uh, has some shadows on it that look Lovely. like uh, something a bit horrible is about to happen, happen. to a yeah. person. But actually, uh, when you open it up, it's not it's not what it appears to be yeah. at all. Um, the picture is actually something else completely, but you don't realise that until you open the cover and, and spread the thing out. Um, but this uh, is a documentary series um, about a couple who are struggling with uh, heroin addiction. Um, and it's it's just brutally honest. I actually first saw it uh, as an exhibition in Hull um, as part of the Hipfest uh, Photography Festival. Um, so I was able to see that in person and I thought I have to get this book um, you know as soon as I came home I ordered the book and I, and I actually spoke uh, when I was there I spoke to uh, Simon at Fistful of Books who published the yep. book uh, and he helped in the curation actually uh, of the book and so I'd had a really good chat with him about uh, some of the things that had gone into putting it together um, so I thought I, I, I have to have that and I think um, it, it's useful to remind yourself that there are people having experiences of life that are completely different from yeah. yours uh, and obviously some people are, are really struggling just to, to get by and to manage on a a yeah, daily basis so absolutely. and I thought it was some of these pictures in here I think are are quite courageous for a person to have taken uh, yeah. as well so yeah so really really good book yeah I'm just looking I'm just looking at it on the Fistful of Books website and yeah it's some quite very moving and very emotional book the photographs yeah. and you can imagine the connection John must have had through visiting yeah, visiting them for for such a long period of time. Oh yeah, I I really felt like I, I kind of needed to lie down after. Yeah. After looking absolutely. at it, you know, just in terms of this, this has had such an impact. I need to go and sit in a dark corner somewhere yes. and yeah. just contemplate for That's a while. It. You know, uh, very impactful. Yeah. Yep. Excellent. Yeah. Um, my next book 
uh, is called Internal Voices by Okay. Claire Armitage. Uh, so Claire did a 365-day project. All right. Um, she did it on Instagram to begin with, and she started it by accident. Um, <laughs> so what she did was she took some pictures um, that kind of represented her mood, um, if you like, or a particular feeling for that day. Um, and she, so I, I know uh, all of this because I went to see a talk that, that she gave Cool. about it. And she said she started it without really realizing kind of what she was doing. She started it sort of subconsciously. She numbered the shots as she posted them Right. on Instagram. Okay. Yep. And then, and then she, and she was away. Uh, so she managed to do an entire 365. And this, uh, this book is not all 365 images, it's a selection. Yep. of them but it, it's just an incredible effort um i find it quite astounding that someone managed to do that every day for 365 days and some of these shots are quite elaborate as well there you know there would have been a bit of setup required um Yeah, yeah. Um, she potentially might have needed some help with with one of these. There is a a favorite of mine, which is right at the beginning of the book, and I have a print of um, and it's called Inevitable, all right um, cool where she's uh, she's kind of standing in a in a pond, um, with an umbrella, and I I asked Claire about that, and she did it all herself, um. which is quite Quite challenging. <laughs> remarkable, quite challenging. Um, she had to sort of set up a timer and then jump in this pond and, and, and hope that it was all going to work out. But the shots are, they're all different styles. There's all different things going on. And, and just as an endeavor, it's just so impressive. Oh, dear. Um, And I know since then, she's, um, since the Instagram project she's obviously brought out the book she's exhibited it she's done talks uh, and various things so and I just I really admire her commitment to projects she did one during the pandemic as well that was all about feelings during lockdown and being with family all the time and all that and she just has this ability to to commit to these things and get so much out of one idea or, Yeah, or one concept fantastic. so brilliant work absolutely Great. brilliant I'll look. I'll have a wee look for that one as well. Sounds really quite fascinating project to do. Three hundred sixty-five. Uh, yeah, take my hat off to anyone who's going to do it, particularly when there's more time, effort, thought, and planning required in the shots as opposed to just like a picture out your window every morning for three hundred sixty-five days. mm. yeah absolutely um Then the next two are probably your more kind of well-known Yep. uh, kind of photographers. We've got Sequentially Yours by Elliot Erwitt. Um, so this was his series um, on sequences. Uh, my favourite is actually the picture that's on the cover, which is, uh, you know, the two people in deck chairs in the first Yep. shot. And then in the second shot, uh, they're, they're not there. Uh, Yep. and you can see the wind blowing through the deck chairs and... Uh, What I love about that is there's a kind of implication of magic there, you know, like did the Yeah. two guys blow away? Blow away. Oh, Yeah. where did they go? <laughs> um, and, a, and a lot of the images in there are, are like that, but a lot of them are also really, really funny. <laughs> yeah. 
I think there's a lot of dark humour yeah, in yeah. his work, but something I've never managed to be in my work is funny. So <laughs> I just <laughs> really admire that ability to do that, particularly with a sequence of shots because he's telling a story. Yeah. Obviously, um, over the two or three shots or, or whatever it is. So I this is another one where, I, a bit like Claire's work, where I kind of look at it and go, how do you do that? Yeah. Um, I'd love to be able to to do that. To pull so, it off yourself, yeah. Yeah, so I just uh, I just keep coming back to it and going, that's really that's really smart. Yeah. Um, well uh, thought out, yeah. Yeah, and it's good to remind yourself, obviously, that there are people doing really, really smart work, work out there. So, yeah, it's really good. To Excellent. go back to, Good. Uh, and finally, I'm sure plenty of your podcast guests have got this one, but the old Magnum yep, contact, contact sheets, yep, yeah. um, mainly because it lets you see inside the mind of the photographer, yeah. Um, and I think one of the big, not revelations, but one of the big takeaways from this book for me was. You know, you get people who say, don't crop your photo, right? You've somehow failed if you have to crop your photo, yes. right? Have a look at this book, right? This is some of the best photographers in history and some of the crops are brutal <laughs> <laughs> on these pictures, you know? Uh, and it was good uh, to give me that perspective that, yeah. that actually these people who try to impose rules on how you should edit your photographs, it's just nonsense, you know? It's just yeah. gatekeeping nonsense and you yeah. should do whatever you like with your own Absolutely. work. So it's great as a kind of reference point, you know, to go back and remind yourself that yeah. you can do what you like you're in control of your own art um and it it doesn't matter at all how you edit or or crop the shot it's your shot do whatever yeah. you want well, that's and i think yeah. it's also an, a, a, other people have mentioned this book as well and it's interesting just to see you can begin to see what the what the frame before the well-known <laughs> shot was and what the frames after were and just see how everything sits in context to each other as well Absolutely. I think as well, because all of this is all film photography, yeah. um, I, I guess people shooting with film have to be more deliberate about when all they the... press the shutter. It's different yeah. from, from digital. So that thought process is very yeah. insightful where you see people kind of working a, a scene and trying it yeah. from different angles or, yeah. you know, uh, really, really cool. I think everybody should have this as a, as a reference, to point. be honest. Yeah. Fantastic. A great selection of books there, Sam. Thank, uh, thank you very much. Certainly a couple that I will be taking a look at because it's always interesting to just see different people's perspectives and what other people like take inspiration from as well. That That's 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 always really quite fascinating. Um, yeah, so thank you very much for your time this morning to talk about your work and uh, Chasing Shadows. It was uh, really great to be able to pick up a copy as part of uh, the Photo Print Day event. And it's been wonderful to hear your kind of approach to the project as well. So uh, thank you very much, Sam. Cheers. You're very welcome. Thanks for Thanks. having me. My pleasure. Cheers. <laughs>